0: Welcome in to the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Brian Christofferson. I'm joined by Michael Brunts. It's just us two today, isn't it? There's no yeah. Schaefer. We're gonna just have a couple,
1: just a couple of gals sitting around a table picking at a salad, talking football.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. I'll go with that. Um, you need to you need a big salad like a Seinfeld big salad after it sounds like you've been digging people out of your neighborhood all week. So I uh,
1: I'm Oak like in the, I'm like in the Bermuda Triangle over here. Um it's, it's just like cars enter and they they just they just get stuck. They they never leave. Yeah. Um I
0: admire um the good Samaritan in, in you. You uh you have that to a high degree. I always knew that about you, but it's it's with with everything on the line this week with the snow, it is being shown to the whole
1: community. I'm like I'm like that old guy in Home Alone. I'm just walking around with a big trash can full of sand and a giant blade, just digging people out.
0: There's a little kid across the street looking out his window who mistakenly thinks that you uh, off somebody long ago, but they're going to learn that you actually have a good heart. Yeah. Around around Christmas time though, so it's going to be a while.
1: Yeah, he's going to live in fear for a while.
0: Yeah um meanwhile i went and got a new dog in the middle of a snowstorm um and he's sitting by me and he's pretty quiet i don't think he's going to disrupt us his name is ronnie or ron or ronald or ronay ronay if if we're in a really good mood um but he's a he's a sweetheart and uh so hopefully he'll behave
1: yeah we'll we'll see this is a uh, this is the first big test for ron yeah it is you know what has not what's that now do you call him captain ron (laughs)
0: <laughs> I probably will at some point, um, Ron, Ron, probably, uh, Ron, John surf shop. I don't know. I'll probably go about 10 different ways with him, um, with names before it's over. Oh, he's drinking water now loudly, sort of like slider does at Schaefer's house. So yeah, he's got company now. All right. Um, speaking of things, uh, that the Husker, the Huskers are trying to keep in line. How about that 2018 recruiting class? Huh? That was not a good segue. It's, but, uh,
1: it's, it's about as, as transitionary as your transition there, I think. Yeah.
0: Well, we're going to try to talk about the 2018 class here a little bit uh, because there's obviously been some departures. And I don't know, we just were kind of wondering off air, how many guys are actually left in that 2018 class? How's that worked out? Let's go through the list first and then talk about it a little bit, about who's actually left. It had 23 people in, enrolled back then, but the only remaining guys are Adrian Martinez, Cam Jurgens, Tate Wildeman, Caleb Tanner, Will Honus, Deontay Williams, David Alston, Cam Taylor-Britt, Casey Rogers, and Braxton Clark. So there's 10 guys still left from that class. Um, a lot of people have left. You're probably looking at the list right now. Um, it sort of has put added pressure it feels to me on the 2019 and 20 class to hold strong even though a couple we've seen guys leave from there like McCaffrey this week Uh, but a lot's riding on those classes because 2018 is sort of starting to fall in line with some previous classes where uh, it's 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 hard to keep the thing duct taped together
1: yeah I mean it's you know, the, you, you have hit on some guys in terms of what they've done, uh, you know, starting games. It definitely Adrian Martinez, I think, is, uh, you know, when, when you sign a quarterback, you hope that, that he can be a multi-year starter. I think that there's obviously some more, um, you know, more out there for him in terms of consistency and all that other stuff. So, you know, that that, that story has yet to be written a little bit. I mean, Cam Jergens, they they switched positions with him. He was a a top, uh, top 200 recruit as a tight end. And, you know, you, you go down the list and, you know, what, what I think you see pretty clearly and pretty quickly is that Nebraska has not kept or really gotten much of anything from offensive skill players in that class who are not Adrian Martinez. Maurice Washington, you know, when he was on the field, looked great. He obviously had his issues. He's gone. Um, you know, John Woodyard ended his career at Marshall. Greg Bell transferred to San Diego State, but never, uh, but, but gave up his job to Divino Zigbo. Andre Hunt had his, his problems. Miles Jones uh, transferred to Tennessee as a walk-on, and I believe is no longer there. I don't even know if he's playing football anymore. Um, Justin McGriff went the JUCO route, then back to Utah State. and LeGrone, the same problems as Hunt. Uh, Mike Williams did complete his time at Nebraska, but never was was really uh, the the kind of instant offense that you would hope from a JUCO guy. And then you know you 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 didn't even get Dominic Watt here. So you know when you when you start looking at Nebraska's issues at, at the skill positions with having guys who are kind of you know bell cow type guys. I mean that this is kind of where it starts. I mean you never really built the foundation at those positions for a number of reasons. And I think that's why, you know, even now you're, you're seeing a situation where Dedrick Mills goes down with an injury or, or isn't able to go and you have to move Wandale Robinson over there. So you, know, you just haven't developed the depth that you need uh, to, to really kind of get this offense humming. And I think, you know, headed into year four, you can really start to see the, the compounding of uh, the, the problems with that 2018 class. Now,
0: the 2018 class, it's worth reminding, this was obviously the one that was thrown together on a sprint by Scott Frost's staff, you know, um, after being hired in December of 2017. Um, so they, in some ways, I think they, uh, they think of 2019 as like their first real, real class. Uh, so you do keep that in mind. Um, the guys who really have to save it, in my mind, Um, are you need like Caleb Tanner? Uh, let's see, like a Tate Wildeman needs to suddenly emerge as somebody who can be on the defensive line. He had surgery in December, but there's a log jam sort of in front of him now. So it's not going to be easy. Uh, the funny part we were talking about this is Will Honus and Deontay Williams, who are Juco guys who you thought, well, they won't be here long.
2: Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) they're still here. Uh, so they've been useful. The best guy, of course, is Cam Taylor Britt. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely been a big hit. And I would say Casey Rogers is starting to become that. So that's positive. Braxton Clark is a guy I still have high hopes for. It, he needs to have a healthy year, though. So we'll see. We'll see if he can get that.
1: Yeah, transition classes are, are always tough. I mean, I, I think, you know, when, when it is thrown together quickly, and especially, you know, that year where you had, you know, Nebraska, uh, the the staff now at Nebraska, basically kind of double dipping uh, UCF and, and, you know, running practices down there and, and trying to recruit for Nebraska. And I believe that was the, was that the first early signing period in, in that class? I'm trying to remember.
0: Yeah, it was. So that was, that, that was an obstacle too that you have to account for. It was, it was a very, I mean, it was a tough year to become a new coaching staff somewhere. Because, you know, basically, okay, you have three weeks to try to pull this together.
1: Yeah. And there really wasn't a lot left over from the the class either after Mike Riley's staff was fired. I mean, you saw kind of everybody trying to row away in the boats as that season went on, um, who was committed. And and Nebraska had to do a lot of legwork. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, there's a couple key guys in that class that kind of need to show up. Rogers is one. I think you're right. Um, you know certainly Williams and Honus are going to end up being big hits I think based on what they, they've done but yeah it's um, it's tough
0: <laughs> you could simplify it too though at the top with Adrian and, and Cam Jurgens, obviously they've been productive in the sense that they've played a lot but to sort of save that class and make people look at it with a different lens they have to just go up a couple steps now. You know what I mean? They, they need to become like stars and Adrian's got to put the foot fu- in. I mean, the funny part is in November, we didn't even know, would Adrian Martinez even be here in 2021 or sort of that, like what's the quarterback situation going to look like? And now I feel like he has as firm a grip as he's ever had on the job since he's been here. Don't you?
1: Oh yeah. No, I, I think uh, definitely. I mean, maybe, you know, in, in 2018 after yeah. Jebbia left, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't uh, – there's not many scenarios where I don't see Adrian Martinez being the guy for Nebraska when, when they kick off, whether it's in Ireland or wherever the heck they play, Brett Bielema's boys uh, to kick off the season. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it is kind of time for both of those guys to – To kind of get it get it going and and, and keep it between the ditches more more consistency
0: yeah you can't just be good or sometimes great then really inconsistent they've got to be like almost steady great guys both of them and i know that's a lot to ask but that's the positions they have on this team and within the roster that's what it has to be there can really be no other way and it has to happen this year and a lot in the frost era is riding on it i mean he was the quarterback that um Scott Frost of course flew across the country when he was dog sick to go see uh in December of 2017 and uh he was the guy they handpicked and for good reason uh based off his skill sets but now it uh, he's got he's got to level it off with the with the turnovers um and not have obviously first halves like that one against Rutgers uh th- that that game is so funny because that game was Adrian Martinez like um just like in one quick snapshot, you know, like there was a lot of good there, a lot of yards. And then there were these head shaking plays that that get in the way. So I know there's a lot of skeptics out there about him, but the skeptics sort of, if you're a Husker fan, you got to get behind the hope that he really becomes that special kind of QB still.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You, you would kind of mention the, you know, the, the 2018 class, I mean, is, you know, Definitely guys getting picked off left and right. 2019, you know, you, you've got some guys that have really, you know, been key guys in Nebraska, really went out of their way to keep a lot of those guys redshirted um, to, to kind of bring them along and develop them. And you're, you're seeing some of that kind of start to rise to the top a little bit. I think Nick Henrick, who was the, the number two ranked player, I think, in, Nebraska, in that class for Nebraska that year. He, he kind of took a step forward this year. Bryce Benhart seems like he's going to be, you know, a a steady guy on the on the offensive line. Ty Robinson, another guy. Um, but again, I mean, you you start looking skill position wise, um, you know, there's a lot of guys in that class that haven't kind of been counted on yet. Uh, yep. You know, you're looking at a, a Ramir Johnson, and um, you know, we've we've heard absolutely nothing um, from Damarian Houston or or Jamie Nance or about them um, in in the last probably year. I mean, it's been a long time. Uh, Darian Chase went home um, and and transferred closer to home. So, you know, when, when you kind of look at the, the offense and and how you make that next step as a program and, and get things going in the right direction to me, that that's been kind of the story of, of, you know, roster management is, is, you know, either a not getting guys there or just having to constantly reset the deck with, with younger guys, because guys have, have transferred away or, you know, for whatever reason just haven't stuck around.
0: Yeah. That 2019 class ranks 17th nationally. So uh, not chop liver at all. Uh, obviously the Wandale departure is a huge blow to it. Um, McCaffrey as well. Keem green. I mean, we knew kind of after a year, maybe that wasn't all that we hoped it would be, but I mean, at the time that was viewed as a pretty significant get um, no longer here. Uh, Jackson Hannah is a guy we, I mean, it's not over for him, but he's a guy we were all pretty high on. And I know people in North stadium were, and uh, hasn't really put a dent in anything yet. So uh, there are some holes there. There's going to be in every class of course, it will be interesting as we go forward. To me, Bruntz with the transfer portal, and maybe it won't always be as busy as it is this year. But if we have to change our perspective in any way on what like a successful class is from a hit ratio component, you know what I mean? Like if if we have to drop it just a, a notch or two uh, nationwide because there are more trans more transfers going on. I don't know. That that's something to think about going forward. But um, we might have to to take a slightly different view of it, but nonetheless, um, Nebraska needs to bill Moose said this, even the athletic director last week on the radio show, you got to keep guys in the program. I mean, he, that's some, um, you, at some point you're going to have some guys leave, but you've, you've got to frost always talks about growing old and staying old, uh, this off season, they need to, to put a clamp on guys leaving and get some guys to really develop at those skill spots and stick around a
1: while. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't, uh, you can't develop guys if they're not in a program. I mean, that's just kind of the reality of the situation. So it's going to be, you know, really important, I think for, and even kind of looking ahead to, to, you know, this 2021 class. I mean, they've got a lot of guys that they've signed uh, some of them who are on campus already that are going to be need to be hits for them. You know, thinking about a Fedoni, uh, you yep. know, and a James Carney at that tight end spot. Um, you know, I think a guy like Gabe Irving seems like he's ready made for Big Ten football. Uh, you know, can they develop that running back depth? So, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of restarting the, the process with some of those guys. But at some point, those guys need to start sticking around and you need to start seeing the, the results of, of uh, you know, the, the better recruiting.
0: One last thought. I wonder if to a degree you have to take less of a chance on, you know, some guys are more developmental guys than others, like as prospects where we'll talk about them. We'll say, well, it's going to take like two years before he sees the field. We especially say that about linemen, but I wonder if you have to be kind of cautious about that approach too, with certain guys, like you can stockpile them. Cause nowadays guys get the itch to leave, you know, like if it's not happening, after a couple of years, like it might sound good to them. Like, yeah, I'm going to learn behind the scenes for a couple of years, but when it's actually happening and it's playing out, it's not easy for guys to stay the course a lot of times. And so um, I wonder if that impacts sort of how you, uh, your view as a coach of recruiting and some of the guys you look at going forward. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think, you know, it, it will be over the next year or so. I'll be fascinated to see what happens. You know, the NCAA, has not ruled yet on whether or not they're going to allow immediate eligibility uh, for transfer. And depending on what happens with that, I mean, even if, even if they do allow it, um, you know, it it still comes down to a math problem with the transfer portal. And I I do wonder if you start to see a correction at some point with the number of guys going in and, and guys being more willing to stick it out because there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be, you know, playing FCS, F, you know, D two that were at Power Five programs just because there's nowhere else to go, and mm. uh, that that's part of the conversation too. I mean, maybe it, maybe at some point you, you kind of see the correction on the graph and um, it, it goes the other way, but um, yeah, that that you know, for, at least for Nebraska, you need to start keeping those guys in the program.
0: All right. One guy who left the program was Luke McCaffrey. We talked about that last podcast, but let's coming back in the next segment, let's get more into sort of what's behind Martinez. Like what, what do we know? And uh, right now it's somewhat limited, but let's, let's talk a little bit about that. At least kind of a, a distant view of what the quarterback situation looks like.
3: Selling a little or a lot. Up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: QB situation at Nebraska. Uh, let's get into it. With Luke McCaffrey now gone, Bruntz, you've got three scholarship guys still: in Adrian Martinez, Logan Smothers, Heinrich Harburg. Uh, walk-on Matt Masker. Am I leaving out any? There's another walk-on I'm leaving out. Here. Uh,
1: Braden Miller is that his name? Yeah. Yes. Another another. Uh... Yeah. I say central Nebraska uh, because I grew up in Omaha, but maybe that's not considered central Nebraska's Carney kid, right?
0: Yeah. I believe, so I believe the room has five, five guys in it now and three are scholarship guys. Um, I'd say four sort of factor in and I include Masker in that at this moment, you know, because he had, he's more experienced in Harbor. And uh, honestly he's, he's more experienced in smothers a little bit from at least being in the system. Um, so It's sort of like a four person situation we're looking at. It reminds me now of 2018 and Nebraska wasn't in the worst way in 2018 because they had Martinez playing at a high level. And if Martinez plays at a high level and stays relatively healthy, it doesn't really matter what the rest of the room looks like. I mean, that's just the bottom line, but you need good fortune now. And that's where it gets a little bit scary uh, with, with, the huskers because i'm pretty excited about the possibilities of logan smothers but it's in that same way we are about any guy who did really well in high school and we don't know <laughs> how it's going to translate you know like it, it's easy to say that now but then he steps out and throws his first pick or makes a bad decision and people are like oh uh, on to the next guy you know so welcome to the fray logan smothers
1: yeah he's uh he's he's the new he's the new backup de jour and everybody mm-hmm. loves the backup du jour. And it's it's tough because, you know, you with the way that this year kind of unfolded, so Logan Smothers enrolls early at Nebraska in January, goes through winter conditioning, gets two non-padded practices in the spring, and then they shut everything down. And so you, you don't get the, the benefit basically of, of, enrolling early from just a being on the field and being around the coaches standpoint. I and mean, yeah, I'm sure he has a good understanding of the offense, but you know, there the, there's, you know, classroom work and then there's being on the field and, you know, I, I don't know that they necessarily were, were doing the same kinds of you know scout team developmental type stuff that they've done in the past, just because of the way COVID is and, and the way that they kind of had to deal th- with things to, to get through the season. So you know, I, I think he's he's ahead of you know where where he was when he enrolled, but maybe not you know where he would be if he would have had a normal season. So, you know, I, I guess at least the maybe the one clarifying point for Logan Smothers right now is he knows that that you know probably the backup right now, um, and and is is going to need to be ready to go because you know we, Adrian Martinez has not played a full season healthy yet, so. And given the way Nebraska's used quarterbacks in the run game, I mean, that that's uh, – you can do the math there.
0: The thing people will be excited about, and I don't want to tamper this down because it's its a reason, uh, Smothers is legitimately fast. We already know that. Like, he has the track times that prove it that are really impressive from high school. And according to Verdusco and others, hes a, he was as fast basically as Luke McCaffrey, who we all thought was – you know, had some lightning quickness with the football in his hand. Now there's fast when you're not playing and there's football in the game speed. So we'll see what that looks like. Uh, but he, he's armed with that and, uh, he's a tough kid. We know that too. He played through some tough injuries down in uh, muscle Shoals, Alabama, you know, about muscle Shoals, Alabama, great music scene down there. Great music history. Yes. Um, so, uh, so he comes from that. So I, I think he can, uh, he knows how to. He knows he has a good ear for music. I bet Logan Smothers. <laughs> we we know that too.
1: He uh, so he's a a coach's kid. He's, his brothers played at North Alabama. Uh, I'm not sure if he's, if they're still there or not. He's uh, so so he comes from a football family. You know the the thing with him is going to be, you know what uh, his ability to make the throws. Um, yeah. you know that that's obviously he can run. Um, but his Senior year, ran for 800 yards, threw for for 2,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, and uh, you know was, was you mentioned it. I mean, he he was really a gamer, played through some stuff, and you know we'll we'll see how that kind of translates. But you know the 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 running ability is there. There's no question about that. And uh, you know he was on the on the road with Nebraska all five games this year, uh, so he kind of got that experience. I mean, he, he kind of got it. Got to dip the toe a little bit, I guess, in uh, in college football. So, um, you know, we'll see. But that it, this spring is going to be really uh, important for him uh, because even though he is kind of the the scholarship guy that's that's been around the longest behind Adrian Martinez. I mean, you know, Matt Masker is w- really well thought of in that program, and uh, I, I think he's going to be you know ready to compete too. That's where the loss
0: of McCaffrey is significant, though, regardless of whether you
1: thought he could
0: ever figure it out in the throw game or not. He was still a guy who I always try to look at it from this vantage point. Like, I like to think, what if I'm the defensive coordinator trying to defend Nebraska? Who's a guy I don't want to have to worry about, like in my game prep that week? And McCaffrey would be a guy I would worry about, you know, because of his speed and he's a change of pace type of guy. And I always felt like when McCaffrey came into games for like a series or two, um, like even against Iowa, um, it felt like teams had to sometimes adjust, you know, like it took them a series or so to uh, like, oh, this guy does have another gear um, out there. Like against Penn State, I think it was a third down play on his first series, like a third and eight and a Penn State defender, four star type guy thought he had McCaffrey lined up and McCaffrey stepped it up a gear and said nope and got like 12 yards or something you know and so it it, it did take a, a a little bit for a, a defense to figure him out and so you lose that as a security blanket and that's what logan smothers has to prove that he can become basically as a security blanket this year and then go from there um, if he can become at least that the security blanket then he's accomplished a lot because as much as i like Harburg. And what he is as an athlete, I think even Harburg knows and talks with him that it's going to take time. You know, like it. It. I don't think it's expected he's going to come in as a true freshman like Adrian did and um, be ready to necessarily compete for the top job. Uh, so I
1: expect it might take at least a year there uh, with Harburg. Nebraska's situation at quarterback is, is- – Interesting because you have, you know, the, the two young guys, you've got Masker behind Adrian. Adrian has two more years if he if he wants it. Um, you know, have seen a lot from people saying that Nebraska needs to go get a, a quarterback in the portal. They have two scholarships open right now um, as we get close to National Signing Day. Do you think Nebraska should go and get a – a a, a quarter a here's a question should they go to get a scholarship quarterback out of the portal or should they try to go the route of like an Ezra Miller Ezra Miller Oliver Martin that kind of thing where you get a guy who you feel really good about to walk on to kind of close the gap a little bit with the classes in that room what would you do
0: I wouldn't mind the latter actually a guy um, who for who came in as a pretty highly regarded recruiting prospect, but maybe for whatever reason or another for a year or two, it, it didn't pan out. And so he he sort of needs a restart and is willing to take the walk on status to prove that he belongs. Like, if you can find that, like, to me, that's the best deal because what do you lose? You know, like you're not giving up a scholarship slot. Um, Ezra Miller is like the perfect like win-win situation because either he he blows up as an O lineman, um, like like you hope, or he doesn't. But you didn't. He was just a walk-on guy, and the scholarship space wasn't sent on him. So that's the preferred method to me. If you do go after a scholarship guy, my only take is, don't do it just to do it, just to appease the masses, just for a perception standpoint you got to actually believe that he can be a guy who can come in and compete and at least be a good backup. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think you should do that just because, um, okay, here's another body. Are you happy? Everybody, that would not be the right reason.
1: Cause it's, it's the reason I ask is because I think it's a, a bit of a tough sell to, you know, a potential, especially a scholarship guy to say, you know, hey, we, you know, we we want you to come in, um, but, you know, there's a, a guy that's a, th- a three-year starter that's like on the cusp of basically setting every offensive record there is at our institution, um, you know, come come and compete with him. I mean, maybe you're going to get a guy that's going to say, all right, I'll, I'll hop in that mix. But, you know, I, I think it's also – you know, you, you kind of have to look at the situation as a transfer of, you know, where, where can I? Because most of these guys are probably leaving because they want to play somewhere. Yeah. And, and I don't know that Nebraska is exactly a, uh, a clear road to to getting on the field at the quarterback position right now. And, and certainly won't be, especially if Agent Martinez decides to, to use that fifth year.
0: That's where Nebraska is in a bit of a jam here. Because if Martinez were a senior, I think it would be different, maybe, you know, like, because you could sell a guy on the idea if he had two or three more years left, and a lot of these guys would have three because last year was an eligibility freeze that like, hey, yeah, you might have to fight for it. Maybe you won't win it this first year, but you still got a couple years to be the man here. And this can set you up for that. Now, a lot of guys like you're getting at are going to look at and be like, okay, Adrian's got it for the next two years. That's not that appealing, you know? Um, So it almost does have to be a guy who's sort of trying to uh, a little bit of a resurrection project on his career. I feel like, you know, like that's early in his career and would be willing to take on the walk on label, but I don't know that they'll make a move there. I really don't, but it's, it, it is a, it is a dangerous place to live when, you know, if, if Adrian goes down, we don't know what, the other guys can do it all, you know, at the college level. We just don't. Yeah. And so th- that's scary. I do always remind that I think this happens a lot of places at quarterback. I think if you went down every college roster and looked at like, who's the third string quarterback, it would be like, uh, it's hazy. <laughs> you know, like, I think that's how it would be at a lot of places. I mean, heck we've seen title teams in Nebraska, play a court a walk on from Wahoo you know in a in a key game and they pulled it out but it was a it was a dicey moment um for the Huskers back then and that was a championship level team so it can be hard to sometimes have a lot of re- reliability behind your top two guys that's where Logan Smothers has to prove that he's a really good at least number two this year you know like that he can be a guy that is exciting in that position
1: yeah it's a. Uh... I mean, maybe you even you know, kind of table that decision until after after spring ball. I mean, at, at that point, you might have a really good idea of yeah. you know, what you have or a better idea of what you have. You also might um, have some different names, I guess, in the portal because I think that's going to be the next big wave of guys is, is once spring practices are over, everybody sees uh, where the depth charts fall um, around the country. I think you're going to see – uh, that next kind of flood of guys trying to uh, to get in the portal and find a place to land. So may, I mean, maybe you do find a guy that you know was looking for uh, a little bit of a different situation and, and thinks Nebraska could be it. So yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a, that that kind of personnel type decision will be uh, interesting um, to, to follow over the next few months, especially because with only two scholarships remaining, um, if you have you know two at the most. Um, you know, you, you, I don't know if necessarily like quarterback would, would be the the biggest position of need at that point. I mean, maybe, maybe you have to go and get a guy at a different spot um, based on what you see in the spring.
0: Yeah. Well, this is an interesting time in Husker football. Um, There's a lot of, skepticism and worry after the recent transfers this week we'll finish it out with this I mean as we're doing this podcast there's a lot of current guys on the roster tweeting their full belief in the direction of this team kind of doing it at the same time Um, obviously wanting to send a message to the public that things they feel good about what is going on inside those walls no matter what people on the outside think so it's kind of I mean it's interesting because some people will see the transfers, especially the Wandale one, and then you 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 top it with Luke, and it's like, oh, what is going on over there? On the other side of the ball, there's been a lot of positive news about guys returning, but I, I don't know. It's it. it there the guys who are still there you'll get plenty of them who will preach to you they're close, and that's what they're doing right now on social media.
1: Yeah, and it's <laughs> we're kind of at the mercy too of the football calendar, right? Like yes the heading into year four um you know i I think a lot of people um i mean even if no matter where they fall on where things are in the program right now i I think they just want to see it you know that's kind of where they are it's like okay we've, we've seen the the social media stuff which is great and that's good that everybody feels that they're pulling in the right direction so it's uh it's time and i i think uh I think the coaching staff's aware of that. I think players are aware of that. And I think, uh, I think fans are ready to see it.
0: They really screwed it up. The more you think about it by that Illinois and Minnesota game. I mean, even if you had one of those were clunkers and one was a win and they finished four and four, you know, I think there's a little bit of a different vibe, especially if it had been Minnesota, because then they would have won. Maybe they wouldn't have played Rutgers in the finale. I don't know who they would have played then, but they would have been on a three game winning streak and there would have been a sort of a different vibe. And so that's the problem is just that, that inconsistent nature of start, stop, start, stop, start, stop kind of. And uh, it's, it's getting tougher for the fan base, but you got to believe what those guys are saying. If you're in the program, like if you're a competitor, that's the, that's the mindset you want them to have at least. So that's, that's good, I guess.
1: It could be worse. We could be uh, we could be preparing or in the midst of the uh, the Big Ten football season right now if, oh, if uh, boy. they had gotten their way initially.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of brains that wanted that to happen. Um, so yeah, I'm. Although that would be interesting in its own right, and we'd be like right now writing previews for a Nebraska Purdue game <laughs> in a foot of snow.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well. I mean- be digging people on the way out to the stadium. You would be, because that's how, who you are.
0: We bring it back to the beginning, and the beginning of this podcast started by stating Bruns is just a fine person, just a great American. He will help you out if you are stuck in the snow. You can count on it.
1: Get, get us out of here, BC. I that's we, it. That was it. I wanted to end with that. Okay, that's so
0: that's, that's it. That's the bit. So thanks for listening to Husker 24-7. Come back to our site. We'll have a ton of stuff as we go forward.